So not all plastics are equal. I get that. But if we stand and we argue that nothing can be done, then nothing will ever be done. And, you know, the hard part of doing it, the hard part of what we do is trying to make a difference in a day. You are listening to the Sustainably Circular podcast. This show is dedicated to the circular economy and how with a few key changes, you can help create a more sustainable world. No scare tactics, no shame. If we are going to do this, we need everyone actively engaged, on board, and including you. Your host is no other than Andy Streisfeld, who is the co-founder and partner at MEA Health, Canada's first stop for PPE recycling. You are here for one thing, to better understand the circular economy and your role in it. Every episode, we dive into the key issues around sustainability and the circular economy so that you can lead others in this new world. So tune into the show, turn up the music volume, and let's get to it. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to the Sustainably Circular podcast. I'm your host, Andy Streisfeld. It's an exciting day for us today. We have just come back from the Plastics Recycling Conference in Washington, D.C., and we have been very impressed with what we saw in the form of technology out there to help companies and people do what we want to do here, um, create a circular economy and a sustainable economy. The only downside of that conference was there was a lot of naysayers and a lot of people who were not getting the message, not understanding what it was all about. And uh, today's little podcast is just a, a recap of a couple of weeks now of comments and people, guests that we've had on the show, and answer a couple of emails for you that, that have come from you, the listener, and we're very thankful. So I think there's a mindset issue when it comes to recycling. And we, we listened to a, um, a TED Talk by um, B. Johnson. She is a writer. Uh, she has written a book on how to live zero waste. And zero waste is not necessarily recycling. It's living with less. We've asked her to come on the show, and we hope that she will, in the next few weeks, uh, respond and maybe be a guest on our show. But the crux of her argument was that she's not interested in plastic recycling if it's going to be a plastic that cannot be recycled. And I understand her point. Not all recycling can be recycled. Not all plastics can be recycled. Let me specify that even further. And what we do in our world, what we're trying to do here with all the companies that are out there, like TerraCycle and MEA Health and Lifecycle Revive and all those other companies that are out there, we're trying to do something rather than nothing. And at the end of the day, some people will criticize. And there have been a couple of emails that came in and said, you know, you're spinning your wheels. You know, you're not really helping. This is all a big scam. And I want to try to clarify these types of comments that are out there. So let's take a step back and let's let's understand what plastics are. Plastics are rated from groups Uh, plastics from one through six, one through seven. With water bottles that you see every day, which is number one, PET, all the way down to what I recycle through our companies, which is masks, which is polypropylene, which is medical grade, which is what most stuff in the dollar store is, is polypropylene number five plastics. And in between shrink wrap, package wrapping, um, a wide variety of plastics that are used to, um, to wrap things up uh, industrially or commercially, bags that shirts come in or jerseys come in. These are all polyethylene, either in high definition HDPE or in low definition LDPE. And these are recyclable products. So at the end of the day, what you do is you take them and you put them through a process of pelletizing them. And the pellets become remade. Then they get remelted down and thrown into injection molding, or it could be done in other types of equipment that can turn it back into something else. And as long as you refresh that plastic with 
newer plastic, you know, the virgin plastic, as they call it, you can have multiple lifetimes out of it. That is proven. It's not, it's a guarantee on that one. Polyester is made from the PET, the number one plastics we talked about before, from water bottles. So if you're taking water bottles and you're melting them down, you turn them into polyester fibers that eventually become thread and become yarn and then become the fabric, you're doing that in multiple times. And you could then take poly, uh, polyester fabrics and you can recycle those again and you can do things with them again. So not all plastics are equal. I get that. But if we stand and we argue that nothing can be done, then nothing will ever be done. And, you know, the hard part of doing it, the hard part of what we do is trying to make a difference day in and day out. So with that said, let's go back even further. Let's talk about what has happened in the past five years and the comments and the criticisms that are faced uh, recycling lately. I've been a little bit upset, uh, but it's not this episode. You're going you're gonna to hear an episode coming up soon where I have a bit of a meltdown uh, after dealing with naysayers at Comedy Central, specifically uh, the John Oliver show, where they, uh, they did a tongue-in-cheek on plastics recycling, but that does more harm than good. Satire is a double-edged sword. You can make something fun, you can make something fun of, and people will understand it as a joke. Uh, when you go too far and you satirize something, it becomes almost like a dark comedy where people take it as gospel. So we have to try to diffuse these types of arguments, these types of things. So let's go back to why recycling has this bad reputation and why we're here and why we try to do what we do. Now, again, the argument has been made that not all recycling can be picked up at the curb by municipalities or regions or districts or cities, wherever you live. That's true. Now, until that happens, cities, municipalities, districts, governments of all sorts lose out on a potential. And then what happens is there is an innovation out there by entrepreneurs or people in the existing business saying, well, I'm only interested in doing what I do now. I don't want to do anything more. So then what happens is it creates a vacuum, it's an opportunity for people to step up and do things. And then what happens? You know, the, the age old thing, you go out and you do it. If you build it, they will come. And then what will happen is somebody bigger than you will come and pay you to take your stuff away from you. And what's going to happen is either they're going to buy your business and nurture it, or they'll buy your business and shut it down. And that, you know, what everybody fears in the recycling world, that everybody fears in the plastic uh, petroleum industry. Now, let's go step forward and let's talk about COVID and the beginnings of COVID and where we are today. When COVID hit, this was a worldwide cataclysm of virus and then it led to supply chain, and then it went to supply issues, and then it came out to inferior goods versus proper goods, and countries retooling, and and all that, and that's where we stand today with Canada producing its own masks and rest, own medical goods, North America doing it the same as well. But still, this trickle of foreign products that are coming in that are inferior, that do not have the proper dimensions to it, the, the necessities, but because we were desperate, we bought these things. And now what happens is major retail chains and governments are sitting and looking, what are we going to do with this stuff? It's stockpile. You know, we can't throw it in the landfill or we're automatically be in trouble. So at the end of the day, the issue here is why not start the plastics industry? And so what happens was that a bunch of people out there in the market, not myself, but others like TerraCycle, like Green Salon Group, like Vitacor, others in Canada and the United States introduced collection processes to do this. And some of them went along the way to you know design a program which they knew would not go to landfill. And I applaud them for that. And then others who you know went to turn them into energy, you know, waste energy, which is a booming business. It is at a time when energy shortages are out there, when fuel shortages are out there. This is something, but it is detrimental to the, to the environment. There's no doubt about that. There are studies. Recycling takes energy. 
it costs energy. So then at the end of the day, it's not a totally clean business. But if you negate the carbon footprint, if you localize the recycling in an area to serve a circular economy, meaning let's use the example of what is being done right now with plastics. You take plastics in the form of PPE, like masks or gowns, polypropylene. You send them to a local pelletizer. Someone will turn them into pellets. You will sell those pellets to a local injection molder who will make parts locally. And then you create that circular economy. And then with that, that is enough from environmental point of view that the justification of energy and the justification of, of lowering your carbon footprint so you don't have to have trucks running thousands of kilometers away to deliver and to bring back, this helps the bottom line. And then you create jobs and you create industry and you create sustainability in those regions. So when you figure that hospitals generate a huge amount of garbage every day, not only in foodstuffs and organics, but in plastics alone, and you can find two or three people who are willing to take that sorted, you know, organize it in such a way to turn it into pellets that turn it back. Now you're no longer putting a burden on the petroleum industry, who is now looking to like turn out as much oil as they can. You can make plastics. And at the same time, you're not demanding anything more of what can be done with the plastics you have. You know that certain plastic codes work. Those plastics get turned into pellets. Others don't. What if a box could change the world? Every day, face masks and other PPE waste are flooding our landfills. What if we could take that waste, sterilize it, and turn it into new useful products? And what if the key was a box? At Lifecycle Revive, we make this magical box and more. Here's how it works. Look for one of our black and white Lifecycle Revive boxes in your community or sign up to have postage prepaid boxes delivered to your home. Instead of throwing masks or other PPE in the trash, toss it in the box. When a box fills up, it goes back to our facility, where it's sterilized and turned into all kinds of products, like healthcare supplies, PPE, and masks. Then the cycle begins again. Get your box at www.lifecyclerevive.ca or call 548-885-3748. Life Cycle Revive. A perfect circle. In a box. Now, what has happened in, in, in the last uh, year and a half now is something even greater than COVID. It's the logical end to an illogical argument. Petroleum and plastics always argued that it had to be virgin. It had to be fresh from the oil well tap. Now, with what's going on in the world today with problems with supply chain, with a war in Europe, and that's endangering oil uh, everywhere, with gasoline prices in some provinces of Ontario, of some provinces of Canada being above $2 a liter, you're looking at better solution. And people now should be talking about, okay, where we go with this a little bit one step further. It's, it's historical. Plastics are cheaper when oil is higher, and plastics are in the dirt when oil is low. Because when you have can afford to buy the raw material at the oil petroleum level, you, there's no need to recycle or to buy recycled products. There's no appetite for it. But when you're talking about $2 a liter in some cases, now you're talking about the chance of reclaiming back stuff that's sitting out there that is potentially worth in its weight like gold. So here we are today. We're here and we're arguing about what's going on with oil prices, what's going on with energy, what's going on with the environment. And this is where we need to take forward steps. One of the encouraging things we saw at the, at the plastics conference in Washington was that there have been groups of university professors who have come up with ideas 
on how to take poly, how to take masks, literally masks, and turn them into batteries. Imagine that. And this is the wave of the future going forward into the next century. Electric cars have become the number one rage. There are pickup trucks and trucks now that are just as powerful as the gas-driven units that are out there. And people should be investing in that. By investing in electrical, investing in battery technology, investing in recycled, we have a chance to turn back the clock. We, first of all, we, we can limit the amount of oil that's actually produced. Therefore, oil doesn't become that expensive anymore. Countries don't have to hold us hostage anymore. But at the same time, we can go towards a green economy. We can go through a green environment. So that was our, an update on, on what has happened and some comments that were made at the Plastic Show. Now, I want to go back to a comment that was made by Ted. And I'll, I'm not going to single him out. I'm not going to name his name. But uh, Ted is a proud oil sands worker uh, and was concerned that the movement towards green employment, the green jobs, would be at the detriment of petroleum workers in the West. And I say, no, it's not. I'm saying the point here is that you have a niche market where you work. Now that oil industry is booming. That oil industry is making money. Now what happens in the years when oil is not making? What happens when oil is dead? We can't talk always about me, 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 you, you. It has to be about us. The discussion always has to be about us. Now, why can't we not transition people into good paying jobs in recycling, in the plastics industry? People who can make the same plastic goods today that are being paid the same amount of salary, but instead of being under the rubric of a plastics industry or an oil industry, they are now in a recycle industry. That is my only caveat to you, Ted, is that, look, the, the world is changing. We are dealing with incredible amounts of misunderstanding and miscommunication and, and, and miss everything. Um, the world needs to change. We're not going to be here any longer than maybe a couple hundred of years if, if we continue to go where we go. And we're not in a position to leave this planet and go to another planet and wreck that one. We have to make the best of what we can. The future is going to be technology. The future is going to be miniaturization. The future is going to be environmental. And we should just step forward and be there at the cutting edge, be the people leading that charge, be the people working in that industry. So, Ted, again, I, if you please feel free to email back if your response, and I'll be very happy to respond to you. But at the end of the day, we all have to work together. And that leads to another comment. So we had some guests earlier in the year, um, two episodes ago, Sid and Jason, and uh, they're doing very well in their schools right now. Their, their recycling program is doing very well. And other schools are being aboard in Canada and in the United States, and they're all collecting. Now with mandates, mass mandates going away, people are asking me, are you still going to be a business? Is still still going to be a, a justified show? And I'm saying, yes, it is. Because typically, Circular Podcast is not about my my business at Lifecycle Revive or MEA or any of the com competitors that I represent or don't work. It has to do with the concept of we are at a point in our lives that we throw so much in the garbage that we shouldn't be throwing in the garbage. We should be able to reclaim it and recycle it. Now, like I said, I'm not talking about, you know, the standard, you know, take my milk carton and do something with it. I'm talking about if there is possibility for jobs, if there is possibility for industry, if there is possibility for us to reclaim and get stuff away from the landfill, then that is what I stand for. And this is what this show stands for. We are slating a whole bunch of guests coming on in the next few weeks who are going to be uh, great indicators um, of how it is to live you know, environmentally friendly and to work and to live sustainably and to live circularly. So with that said, I want to thank you all for tuning in this uh, week's podcast. I apologize for that, uh, that it's going to come down the pipe because that has been pre-recorded before I went to, to uh, Washington. And that was a bit of a meltdown because it was filmed several weeks after the events 
uh, with the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa and the beginning of the invasion of Ukraine. And my thoughts went to more about supporting the victims of Ukraine and uh, frustrations with what was happening in the plastics world in regards to, you know, what position we should have prior to the conference. So that is something that uh, it will it'll be great listening. You'll you'll, you'll definitely be entertained by uh, my attitude on that one. But at the same time, uh, just a heads up, you know, we are very passionate about what we do here, not only in my company, but here on this podcast. We want this to be kind of hope and, and of education and knowledge. And we strive to bring you the best possible guests and the best possible topics as they are germane. Uh, that is the devotion I have for you, the listener. And I hope that you continue to email and tune in and listen to the podcast and share with us and share with your friends everything about the show. So until then, until next week, I wish you all a great remainder of the week. Stay safe. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Sustainably Circular podcast. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whichever podcast platform you're tuning in from. Much like this show, Andy and the team love getting into the good and the bad and everything in between. So feel free to express yourself in the reviews of the show and we will give you a shout out on the next episode. If the episode made you think of someone that needs to hear this message, take a screenshot, send them a message or discuss it with them over coffee. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all in this together. In case you want to learn more about how we can help you with PPE recycling, please visit our website at www.meahealth.ca. Once again, it's www.meahealth.ca. We appreciate you and can't wait for you to join us for the next episode.